Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Plenty to talk about on today's show. We will have the latest update on what the Islanders are doing in the community right now during this difficult time to help first responders and people on the front lines of this fight against the coronavirus. We will also have a discussion about the Islanders goaltending situation both how it's played out this year and what it's looking like for 2020-2021. And we will have a look back at a big division win in this date in Islanders history. So lots to talk about on today's show. We uh, also want to remind you, if you have a question or a comment or a particular topic you'd like us to discuss, please send us an email, the email address, lockedonislanders.com at gmail.com, and if you leave your name and where you're from, we'd be more than happy to mention you on the air when we talk about your topic or your question. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all things New York Islanders as they happen, and Basically, uh, stay in touch as we try to get through this very difficult time for everybody. So, to me, the uh, tweet of the day, and you always want to keep in touch with Islanders Twitter and see what's going on, but uh, the story originating on News 12 Long Island, uh, the Islanders Uh, basically ordering pizzas for some of the staff and medical people over at uh, North Shore University Hospital uh, in Manhasset. And, you know, there were pictures of some of the staff there, doctors, nurses, uh, hospital workers, holding up boxes of the pizza with the Islanders logo on it. And, you know, again, Just a very nice gesture by the Islanders organization, something that you want to see. And, you know, one thing that does get underplayed a lot of the time uh, is some of the things the Islanders organization does in the community, whether it's buying toys for underprivileged kids at holiday time or uh, visiting, you know, local hospitals and, and spending time with some of the kids who are suffering from cancer and other uh, serious diseases. It's just one of those things that, you know, doesn't necessarily get as much media attention 
as trade rumors and injury news and all the like, but the Islanders organization, since the team came into being back in 1972, has always been a part of Long Island, of the culture of Long Island, and always has given back to Long Island. So uh, just a, a very heartwarming thing to see. And, uh, you know, credit to the New York Islanders for sending the pizzas over. And, and more than anything, thank you to the doctors, nurses, and other people working at the hospitals around the New York metropolitan area and around the world, really, uh, who really are on the front lines of the coronavirus fight. And uh, we thank them for their service and for the hard work that they do and for the risks that they take in this very difficult time. So nice story, good to see. And uh, again, Islanders in the thick of being members of the community and getting things done in that respect. Uh, also, uh, just a reminder with regard to the ticket situation. Now, as of the suspension of play, the Islanders had uh, six home games left. And the team did release a statement back on March the 12th when play was first suspended in the National Hockey League. And the policy that the Islanders have for postponed tickets right now, all tickets remain valid for postponed games. If any games are canceled, details about refunds and credits will be communicated at this time. And the statement the Islanders released back then goes on to say, thank you for your patience and flexibility during these unprecedented times. And, you know, Newsday also put up an article uh, discussing the ticket policies of all the New York area teams that have had games delayed, postponed, uh, etc. as a result of the coronavirus situation. And essentially, you know, the Islanders have indicated a certain amount of flexibility going forward. If in the event that a fan cannot attend a game when and if these games are rescheduled, you know, they've indicated that they will work with fans, whether it's exchanging them for tickets for another game or a game next season, or or we don't know the specifics quite yet of the policy But the Islanders organization has indicated that they will be as flexible as they can to try to accommodate people who have purchased tickets to games that, at least right now, have been postponed. The thing we're all waiting for is to find out when and if games will resume, and uh, we still are no closer to really knowing that right now than we were a day or two ago Uh, again, you know, the league did not come out with any big statements yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, maybe that's a good thing because it was April Fool's Day, but, uh, right now, I I think we're still looking at at least another month before anyone even starts to really seriously talk about this thing easing up and people being able to get together and start to have teams practice and then train and get ready for whatever resumption the NHL will be able to plan 
going forward. So we'll keep you up to date. We will get through all of this together and uh, just glad to be able to spend some time with you and hopefully, uh, you know, as Islander fans, get through this situation one day at a time. All right, we're going to take a step back. We've still got a lot more to discuss. Coming up, we will break down the Islanders' goaltending situation, what it's been so far this year, what it should look like when play resumes, and what it might look like next season, because uh, it looks like it will be very different than it has been now. We'll also have this date in Islanders' history and a lot more. Stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget, if you're enjoying the podcast, first of all, please tell a friend, tell a family member, any Islander fans you may know, help spread the word and and uh, help us grow the Locked On Islanders family. You could also help us by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. And then when fans search for New York Islanders podcasts, they'll be able to find us a bit more easily. All right, let's talk a little bit about goaltending. It's something the Islanders have relied on. You know, we've talked a lot on this show throughout the season about the fact that this team has struggled to score goals. They are now 24th in the league overall in goals for, but they are also just fifth in the league in goals against. And when they were on that 17-game point streak earlier in the season, the Islanders were, for a long stretch, had the the stingiest team defense in the National Hockey League. Now, for the first 30, was it 34 games of the season, Simeon Varlamov and Tomas Grice alternated starts. And overall, that rotation seemed to work very, very well. Uh, the two players knew they were going to get time off. They knew they were going to play again. They had a certain amount of confidence that they were not going to be uh, benched anytime soon. Even when one of them had a bad game, the rotation continued. And I think both goalies, while certainly they wanted to play more often, they settled into their roles quite well. Eventually, Varlamov ended up winning the starting role, and as of now, the Islanders have played 68 total games. Varlamov has started 39, Grice 29. So, you know, after each started 17, it's been uh, 22 starts versus 12 starts in favor of Varlamov and you know, unfortunately, and it's not all the goaltender's fault, but the goals against have creeped up a bit since the goaltending rotation ended. Now, obviously, uh, the absence of Adam Pellick had something to do with that. But you look at the statistics between the two goalies, and they're pretty close in a lot of ways. Varlamov has the slightly better Goals against average, 2.62 versus 2.74 for Grice. The save percentages are almost identical, 914 for Varlamov, 913 for Grice. What's interesting more to me, though, is the winning percentage. Varlamov, 19 wins, 14 losses, 6 overtime losses. So, you know, he's actually 
19 and 20 overall when he is the uh, starting goalie, while Grice has a record of 16 wins, nine losses, and four overtime losses, which makes him 16 and 13. So the Islanders get slightly better goaltending from Varlamov as far as number of shots, number of saves, you know, save percentage, goals against average, slight edge to Varlamov. But they seem to score more goals and play a little bit better as a team in front of Tomas Grice. And they win more hockey games, percentage-wise at least, with Grice in between the pipes. And I'm not sure why. Uh, you know, I you could say, hey, maybe they're just more familiar with Grice because he was with the team the last few years while Varlamov is new to the team. But that really doesn't hold water because Varlamov, his numbers fell off a bit after the early part of the season when both goaltenders were playing such outstanding hockey. So it, it can't just be the familiarity argument. Um, right now, I think that when the teams return, we may see the return of the goaltending rotation. I think that would make a certain amount of sense. You don't want to work either goalie too hard too soon after the layoff. And, you know, those of you who follow Tomas Grice's wife, Brittany Grice, on Twitter have seen some of the things he's doing to train and keep sharp during this suspension of play. But, you know, look, you do all those things to try to keep your muscles sharp and you keep your reflexes going and all of that. But it's nothing like being in practice or even nothing close to actual game situations. And it doesn't, while it does help prepare you, it doesn't quite equate to game action. So I would think with, you know, essentially the Islanders having 14 games left on their schedule right now, that at least for the first four or five games, we're going to see each goalie get some ice time, uh, probably split the starts once things get back on the ice, and then ride the hot hand. And the Islanders, you know, with this playoff race being so close, don't have any room for error. There is no way they can afford to lose another few games and pick up where they left off before this break where they were just, you know, slumping and picking up the occasional overtime loss point. Um, so they need to get good goaltending and they need to get it in a hurry once play resumes. Meanwhile, looking ahead, one obvious question is the future of Tomas Grice. He is scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. To me, odds are that he is not back with the Islanders. Obviously, that is subject to change. But Varlamov is under contract, you know, for the next few seasons. And then all eyes, as we've talked about several times on this show, are on Ilya Sorokin, who is considered the best goalie in the world outside the NHL. And if Sorokin does come to the Islanders from the KHL as he is expected to do, you would think that it would be Sorokin and Varlamov uh, as the goaltending duo 
next season. Now, who would be the starter? What the breakdown would be as far as the workload is concerned? We are a long way away from that. But if the Islanders do add Ilya Sorokin as expected, I would highly doubt that Grice would be re-signing with the Islanders, and it would make more sense for Tomas Grice under those circumstances to see what other opportunities he can get, whether it be as a starter or as a 1A uh, splitting time with another goalie or even as a backup if need be. But look, Grice is a proven commodity in this league. He is an NHL quality goaltender, and a, he's capable of being a pretty good one at that. So most likely in 2020-2021, it'll be Varlamov and Sorokin in between the pipes for the Islanders, and I would tend to think that Tomas Grice will be elsewhere, and uh, again, we have to see how it plays out, but that would be my guess, and just like Robin Lehner, uh, who, you know, left after last year, I think Islander fans will still follow and root for Tomas Grice if and when he departs, but, uh, you know, got to give lots of props to Grice. He's worked hard. He has played well overall during his tenure with the Islanders and certainly earned the respect and admiration of most Islanders fans. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll have this date in Islanders history and a lot more. Stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to April 2nd, 2001 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Islanders hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins, one of the better teams in the league that year, 40-28-9-2 at that point. While the Islanders were 21-48-7-3, way behind Pittsburgh in the standings. And one thing that sort of got the Islanders going in this game was that Mario Lemieux, the best player on the Penguins at that point, and certainly one of the best players in the league, he decided to sit out this game against the Islanders. And Eric Cairns, the Islanders defenseman back then, now a member of their scouting staff, he said after the game, we want to play against their best, and obviously he's the best. It's disappointing that they would say he didn't need to play against the Islanders. And Cairns went out and told the media that, you know, this isn't the first time that the Islanders have had big players sit out. Ray Bork had sat out a game in Colorado back in January of 2001. He said the Islanders often face the opposition's backup goalies. But when they decided that Lemieux was going to sit out this game, uh, the Islanders essentially took it as an insult and used it as a motivating tool. Now, this game turned out to be very physical and fight-filled. You have, uh, you know, two division rivals going. Islanders get on the board first. Bill McCault scoring his 11th goal of the season unassisted at 447. And, you know, the goaltenders in this game for the Penguins 
Garth Snow, the uh, future Islanders def- uh, goalie and general manager. And for the Islanders, Chris Terreri, better known for his time with the New Jersey Devils, but Terreri in between the pipes for the Islanders in this one. So the Islanders are up 1-0 on the Bill McCult goal, but that lead lasted exactly 30 seconds. Yaramir Yager answering for the Penguins. Yager's 49th goal of the year from Alexei Morozov and Ian Moran at 5-17, and it was 1-1. The fights were plentiful in this game. Two tussles in the first period. First, Eric Cairns of the Islanders and Billy Tibbetts of the Penguins dropped the gloves at 7.25, and then a little over five minutes later, Big Zidane Chara of the Islanders drops the gloves with Steve McKenna at 12.49. Each of those four players in those two separate fights getting five minutes for fighting, and at the end of the first period, the Islanders and Penguins were all even at one apiece. In the second period, the Islanders take the lead. Dave Scatcherd gets his 20th goal of the year from Tyler Pyatt, a uh, Taylor Pyatt and Zidane Chara at 3:56. Islanders then had a two-to-one lead, and then the Islanders were on the power play with Christoph Oliwa of Pittsburgh off for roughing at 11:55. The Islanders take. The man advantage, and they take advantage. Claude Lapointe, his ninth, from Tim Conley and Kenny Janssen at 12:17, and after 40 minutes, the Islanders had a three-to-one advantage. In the third period, the Islanders get on the board just a minute into the period exactly. Oleg Kavasha, his tenth, uh, from Kolnick and Cherkovsky. At one minute even, and it was 4-1 to one Islanders. The fights, however, they kept on coming. In the third period, at 11-11, Darius Kasparaitis of the Penguins dropping the gloves with Steve Webb of the Islanders. And then with just a minute 10 left in the game, Taylor Pyatt and Bob Bugner, uh, excuse me, Taylor Pyatt, Pyatt and Dan LaCouture, Drop the gloves. Pyatt for the Islanders. Lacatour for the Penguins. That coming at 18:50. So four fights overall in this game. And then with 24 seconds left, Bugner gets two minutes for roughing. Billy Tibbetts two minutes for unsportsmanlike conduct. As the Penguins were certainly frustrated by their lack of ability to get back in this hockey game and lose to an also-ran Islanders team. Yaramir Yager, uh, one of the three Penguins, who was a minus two in this game. Ian Moran and Alexei Morozov also at minus two. Snow made 25 saves in 29 shots that he faced for the Penguins. Meanwhile, for the Islanders, Chris Terreri, 35 saves in 36 shots, a 972 save percentage. No Islander had a multi-point game. Zidane Chara, the only Islander who was actually a plus two in this game. Mark Parrish led all Islanders with four shots on goal. Gary Galley was uh, one of several Islanders with three shots. Kavasha had three. Steve Martens had three. And Dave Scatcherd had three. And Scatcherd, as we mentioned, 
going over the uh, or reaching rather the 20 goal plateau for the Islanders in this game. Again, final score, Islanders 4, Penguins 1 on this date in Islanders history, April 2nd, 2001. Well, that wraps up this edition of Locked on Islanders. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NHL. They'll give you a national perspective on what's happening around the National Hockey League. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Practice your social distancing. Know that we will get through this. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Islanders. And of course, let's go Islanders.